And I want to explain something. Freedom isn't the freedom to do whatever you want. Freedom in Jesus Christ is freedom to do the right thing. And so that's what's so amazing about the knowledge of Jesus. And what Paul says, he says this. He says, nothing can compare to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Nothing. He said, everything else count as rubbish because the knowledge of Jesus sets us to a place of freedom. Why? Because now we know what to do. I don't know about you, before BC, I call it BC, before Christ. I remember those moments where you try to sift through information and say, what should I do in this important time? Uh, okay, I'll make this decision. Isn't it wonderful now that you know Jesus and now you bring that right into the picture and say, what am I going to do? Well, let, what would Jesus do? And those moments Jesus gives you that wisdom and you walk in that and wisdom is an action word. Isn't it good that God gives us wisdom based on knowledge? Oh, it's such a good thing. Um, how's everybody doing today? Is everybody doing all right? Got a few people. <laughs> are we doing good? Oh, we are. And I'm so thankful. We've been in a, we've been in a series of healing, uh, just stories of Jesus. Can, can we just stay there? Can we just stay in stories of Jesus and, and, and look and see what he's done? And each time he's gone to somebody in need. And so I want to bring up a scripture real quickly. And as we get into talking about another story of Jesus. And, and this, this should really sink in. Jesus, he says, go and preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let me tell you something. Now in these days, kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's right here, right now. Like, like Sonny's been talking about, this now moment. The now moment. Jesus' kingdom is now. And it's been all this time. So we have to step into that now moment. He says, heal the sick. He says, raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. And we have to keep in our minds that this is something Christ has given us to do. And so often we can miss that commandment. So let's just keep that in the bottom of our, our minds. And I'm going to go into another story. And, and I'm going to give you, a, a, I have to keep it in context. When we talk about Jesus' encounter with people, we have to read the whole context of Scripture. So we understand what Jesus is showing us. And so when we go into Luke 7, there's two encounters of this. It's in Matthew and Luke. And we're going to take Luke first, and we're going to look at that closely. It says that the, when a centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they urged him earnestly. Now, you've got to know something. A centurion is a Roman man. It's a Roman man. It's probably over at least a hundred soldiers. It's a man of prestige. He's a man in the army of the Roman army. Now, do you think the Roman army and the, and the people of God or the Israelites get along very well since they're under Roman rule? And what they wanted Jesus to do, think about this. What the disciples wanted Jesus to do was take them all out. Jesus, we want you to establish your kingdom on earth right now so that we would be free. And they, they were just misguided in their thinking because Jesus did not come to do that. Jesus come, came to this earth to die as the righteous king and given all authority. And so you got to realize something. There's a Roman man of stature, and he sends what? Jewish elders to Jesus. Isn't it interesting? And so these Jewish elders, they, they come to him, and, and they actually say this. They say, this man back, this, this Roman centurion, 
He is worthy to have you do this, to come and heal his servant. He is, he is worthy. Now, they're, they're said, Jewish men who are standing beside a Roman soldier, this guy, this Roman army man. And they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, our Roman friend is worthy. Now, forget all he's doing to our people. But this man loves his nation, our nation, and has built a synagogue. And so they're using, they're, they're trying to convince Jesus to help this Roman centurion. Isn't it interesting? He is worthy to have you come because he loves our nation and even built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him to say, Lord, do not trouble yourself. For I'm not worthy. So they're representing, listen to me, they're representing the centurion. So as they speak, they speak for the centurion. That's what, back in those days, when a man was in charge and he would send somebody with a message, that man or woman represented the person that sent them. They represented them as a slave and as a servant. So when they speak, they speak on behalf of the person who sent them. So Jesus went with them. And when they was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not, for I'm not worthy. But the Jewish men said that he was. He recognizes, see, you have to understand something. What does he call Jesus? What does this centurion say about Jesus? He calls him what? Little L or big L? Big L. That means the centurion knew the authority of Christ. He knew Jesus in that way. And so he says, when he recognizes, Lord's coming. Now, well, Lord's coming. I, I can see him. I'm going to send some friends out to him. But Lord, you, don't come any closer. I'm not worthy to have you in my house. See, when you have an encounter with Christ, you will fall under his authority. And you will bow your knee. If you're in this place today and you said yes to Jesus and you find yourself not bowing your knee to his authority, you're not saved. See, the whole thing here is this. It's, it's recognizing Jesus for the authority he brings. See, to make Jesus Lord of your life, you recognize his authority as master. See, Jesus is the savior of the world, is he not? That means anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Which means we found salvation in Jesus. We can find Jesus as salvation, but we can leave out Jesus being Lord. And so when you recognize Jesus as Lord, you recognize his authority and his place of authority. And you will bow your knee just like he's, I'm not worthy that you come to my house. Though I have sent for you to come, and I've sent even Jewish people to come, to represent your people, thinking that that would get you to come here. And yes, I built a synagogue, and yes, I love the nation here. But I recognize you as Lord. I recognize you, Lord, of my life and Lord of this earth. And when that happens in your life, I'm telling you, that's the breakthrough that many born-again believers need to realize. There is a step called working out thy salvation, understanding that he is master of your life, and you are now a slave. You are now a slave to whatever Jesus wants you to do. Now obedience is not just asked for, it's a demanded. Obedience is demanded for those who call Jesus Lord. Does that make sense? He is master. 
And so this man recognizes, this centurion recognizes. To have you under my throne, he says, that is why I did not presume you to come to me. Or I come to you. I don't, I don't presume that. That's why I sent the Jewish people. That's why I sent my friends. Because I don't presume that you come based on what I say. You are Lord and Master. And then he, then he says something. He says, instead, say the word. And my servant, what did he say? My servant what? That to me is astounding. Here is a Roman officer. Has no upbringing of the Lord. He is a Roman. He is a Gentile. Not brought up in the ways of God. He has not learned in that thing at all. And yet he gets a revelation from God the Father. He finds himself, recognizes Jesus as Lord. And then recognizes because of an authority. And he understood authority. And this is the key today. Because he understands authority, recognizes Christ as that authority. He says, you can't come to my house. I'm not worthy to have you here. But if you speak a word, my servant must be healed. And Jesus is astounded by this. Now that's Luke. Let's go into Matthew. Matthew says this. Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. Now there's two theories with this. Do not get confused. There is no discrepancies in God's word. None. It's two things that may have happened. One thing is this. When people come to Jesus, they represent who they came from. So when those people came before Jesus, Jesus did not recognize the servants. He recognized the one who sent them. Okay, that's authority. Another theory is this. As Jesus was walking back to the house, and as those friends came to him, he wanted to meet who? The man of faith. He wanted to see the man of faith, so he walked by, and the centurion came out then. Two ways you can look at it. Both the same story. So let's go on. Now, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying, home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And it says next, and after it goes on and says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also, here's the, here's the key, I also am a man under authority. He's a man, are we not under authority? Let, yes or no? We're under authority all the time. And then there are others that will be under your authority as Christ puts you in ministry. And so always remember, we're under authority. This man knew. He says, I am, I'm a Roman officer, but I'm under authority. He says, I also am under authority. And, and he says this, and I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. And then it says next, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those, said to those who followed him. He took that moment. And when he heard that, he says, man, I understand authority. I understand when you say this, go, he goes. And he said, come, he comes. And I said, do this, he does that. He says, you speak a word under that authority you have, and it shall be done. This man shall be healed. And it says, Jesus marveled, and he turned to all that came. Now, you have to understand something. The Roman is a Gentile. He is not a part of the Israel nation. 
And so when Jesus comes and he turns to his Israel disciples, his Jewish disciples, and all who followed him were probably at this moment all Jewish people. And he says this, truly I say to you, all of you are coming behind me. He says, I have not found such what great faith, not even in Israel. Now he was making comparison right then because of what? Because of what? The understanding of authority. The lordship of Jesus. When you understand the lordship of Jesus and the authority of Jesus, that puts you in a great place to receive. To receive what you're after. See, that we cannot demand Jesus for things that we want to receive. We don't go to him and say, Jesus, though I know I've been messing up my life and, and I've done these things and, and my body needs healing now, so I come before you because you, you took the stripes on your back that I may be healed. And we walk in arrogance. Believe me, Jesus did take the stripes on his back for every single healing of today and yesterday and forever. Absolutely true. But we don't understand his authority and his lordship, and he is not lord of your life, and he is not an authority over your life, and you do whatever you want to do, and you sometimes submit to the things you want to submit to. You take those things out of God's word that you like, and you don't, and you don't follow the things you don't like. You are not under his lordship, and for you to command him to do something for you, that is out of the authority. The authority is established when you understand his lordship of your life. And when you understand that revelation like this man did, he is given what he has asked for. And so I have to believe this today, that there are many, even, I'm telling you, even my own life, lordship means lord of all things, every part of me, all my thinking, all that I do, I recognize, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on what you understand. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. That's lordship. And he will direct your path. He will make it straight. And I just believe in this lesson, if we get it in our hearts, we walk from a place where you're always asking Jesus to do something for you. Thinking, he is closer than a brother. He loves me and he'll do this. And then we don't understand the bow and the presence of the king. He is king and he is Lord. We go on. Matthew 8, 11 and 12. And I say to you that many, Jesus takes a moment in Matthew and says something very profound. He says, he's saying to all those around, he says, and I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. What he's right now recognizing here is a centurion gentile officer getting the revelation of lordship right now and i'm telling you many will come and will be in the kingdom of heaven because they'll find who i really am and my authority but then he recognizes there will be what he says but my sons the sons of the kingdom will be cast out in outer darkness he's talking right now to the jewish nation you were promised this you are considered sons of the kingdom and yet, if you do not get this revelation, this great faith of this centurion, it's just now, before all of you, I've recognized, of knowing and understanding lordship of their life, you will not enter. You will not be part of the kingdom that you thought you were a part of. It makes it very clear in distinguishing walking 
with Jesus as Lord of your life. I don't know about you, but that's key in our walk today, is it not? It's obedience of lordship and knowing what Christ has for you and I. I'm going to go one more scripture. We're going to end here. It says, and then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. I love this. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed at that same hour. Now listen, what, by faith, built on the knowledge of authority, it will be done as you believe. I really believe this. Having belief, who believes in Jesus Christ? As what? Name him. Healer. Come on, name him. You believe in Jesus Christ as king, redeemer. What other ones? Deliverer. Restorer. Savior. What else? Healer. Come on. You believe Jesus as Provider, comforter, teacher, the word made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Who, what is Jesus to you? Son of God, the great lamb, the lamb that was slain, redeemer. He is righteous king. All authority has been given to who? Meaning the enemy has Let's remind him right now. Enemy, you have no authority. All authority has been given to him. Christ Jesus, our Lord, the one we serve, the one whose name is above all other names, the one who comes and brings salvation to his people. Isn't it good? You know him. You know what he's done. You know him as that truth. It sets you apart than anyone else. The knowledge you possess right now. By faith built on the knowledge of authority he has all those things because he is in charge he has been given all authority because god the father knows and trusts his son his beloved son all authority has been given to him i mean he can do anything he wants but he is a righteous god but a loving god by faith built on knowledge of authority on authority it says it be done as you believe. Now, this young, this, this centurion, when Jesus responds to him and says, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And the king speaks. And that very moment, the man is made well. We have to put authority in its rightful place. How authority works for you to receive your miracle. You're looking for a miracle today. You're looking for a healing today. You need a perspective change in your life. Put Jesus in his rightful place, authority over your life. Submit to him and his calling in your life. Submit to him and his teaching of your life. And then quick story. I've got to, I've got to bring this time do we have? I have to bring this analogy here. I want to bring this home. And I'm not going to speak the whole thing. But you guys know the story when Jesus came, he came into the temple. And there was elders of the church there. <laughs> and they're always causing trouble. The scribes and elders and, and those chief priests, they're, they're always coming after Jesus. They, they want to defame him. They want to bring him down. They're doing everything they can. And they ask the question to Jesus. 
and they make it very clear. Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? We have seen you do all these miracles. We've heard about the miracles that you've done. It's in Matthew 21, near the end of his service here on earth. And yet we want to know, we want to know by what authority do you do these things and who gave you this authority? Jesus then hears that question and he says, okay, I'll answer your question if I'm allowed to ask you one and you answer first. And he asks a very profound question to these elders, scribes. And he says this, he says, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? Was it from heaven or from man? Was it from heaven or from man? At that moment, they, they came together and they started to ponder this. And they said, well, if we say it is from heaven, he, Jesus will ask us why we did not believe. And if, if we say it's from man, and in fear, they said, well, if it's from man, and we say it was from man, then John the Baptist, with all of his followers, those who have followed him, well, we'd be in trouble with the people. So these men who thought they were in a place of authority, you see, these men, the elders of the church, the priests, and all these, we thought, well, we're in a place of authority. We're going to walk over to Jesus, and we're going to defame him because our position in authority. And so they walked to Jesus and tried to rip him out of his authority. So Jesus asked the very question. And that question being asked is one you and I have to ask all the time. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Let me ask you something. And in the use of the chief priests and elders' authority, they asked Jesus, by what authority and who gave you this? If they answered God, they misused your authority. It was a fear of failure. If, it's, if they answered man, of course, it, it's a fear of losing their authority fear of people so let's ask the question if you're not walking in Christ's authority in your life are you fear of fear of failure or your fear of man you fear of people or your fear of failure where do you stand today if you're walking if you're saved here today and you're stepping into in the Christ steps for you and you want to be obedient to everything he says let me ask you a question by what authority and who gave you that authority? Let's ask the question to you. How do you respond? By what authority do you do this? And who gave you that authority? I believe faith is recognized in the understanding of authority. What did he call the centurion's faith? When he heard that the centurion knew the difference of authority. He called him great faith. We haven't seen this kind of faith anywhere. Which means authority has a lot to do with faith, does it not? So I believe faith is recognized. God recognizes faith not simply because you say, I believe in Jesus. There's faith involved. By hearing the word, faith comes, pleases God. Faith, what the, faith needs to be there to please God. But I believe this. There's another level to this. There's a faith that God recognizes when he says, that person understands the authority great faith and as you believe it will be given to you and I have to believe go your way and as you have believed so let it be done for you how do you recognize God's authority today just ask yourself the question 
What does authority look like in your life? What's it look like in my life? What does submission to Christ Jesus and his authority look like in my life? Is it recognized? Is lordship recognized? It might be a very difficult question for you today. But let me encourage you with this. Recognize it. Place it in its rightful place. Today, start today. If you already have trouble with his authority, maybe you're finding it difficult to always do what he's asked you to do. Do you fear people? Do you fear failure? Where does your authority come from? Who gave it to you? Are you walking in that today? Is anyone holding you back? Are you holding yourself back? I believe what you look for, the miracles that you are striving for, the things that you want God to do magnificently in your life are held back by your understanding of his authority. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the story of the centurion soldier, a man that was put in authority by a Roman army. And God, you recognized, Jesus, you recognized that he understood Authority, And you told him, based on what he understood, based on his concept, his faith, his great faith on who Jesus really was, you said, as you believe, it will be done for you. And so, Father, today, as we walk our lives, and sometimes we don't know exactly what you want us to do, and sometimes when we face things, we don't see those things being taken care of. And, Father, I want to ask the question, do I understand the authority do I know what authority I do it in? And do I know who gave me that authority? Do I fear man? Do I fear what they might think? Do I fear that they may make fun of me? They, they may laugh at me? Or do I fear the, the fact that I might fail? So Lord, I ask today that you would put us in a new realm of this. God, thank you for this story. And thank you, Lord, that you've lived it out. And you give it to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name.